You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we're here today to talk about the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Crazy to think that nobody's going to be carrying the shield. Hey, we went for 70 years without anybody carrying it when Steve was on ice. So I think we'll be all right. That's a different time, Sam. I so say you're going to make me ask. Why didn't you take up the mantle? Great. Yeah. So this is, uh, a, you know, episode one of this show. We just came off the heels of WandaVision. And before we jump into this, uh, massive spoilers. There's no spoiler free for this. Uh, right. We're just going to talk, talk about the episode about and yeah. what, what comes out of our mouths comes out of our mouths. So yeah, you've exactly. been warned. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know where to start, I guess, other than I'm so glad that Disney Plus exists and that Marvel is able to take a character-driven approach to superheroes. I agree 100. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not happy about Disney Plus because I think Disney is, the, <laughs> is the evil. But um, I am really happy that they're offering the opportunities for this kind of exploration of these characters. Yeah, this is something again, like we talked about in our WandaVision ep- episode, is that you wouldn't be able to get this in a movie. This would 100 percent be overlooked everything that happened in this episode would be overlooked or it would happen in in it would happen in less than 10 minutes well they'd all it'd all be a gag right, right. it'd be like a one hit gag and mm-hmm. instead we get to see the character development and uh extension and especially yeah. with you know with characters who we don't have have not gotten a lot of depth on mm-hmm. right they've been tools or uh you know partners to or right sidekicks protagonists sidekicks, I mean, right? or antagonists yeah. like they're they're silent in so many ways. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to see their inner lives. Yeah, Falcon is now able to, you know, take the stage front and center mm-hmm. rather than being, you know, trying to chase Steve Rogers. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, which he still is in a in a different way in this, yeah, exactly. in this show. Um, and both, I mean, both Bucky and Sam are kind of. It feels like they're uh, kind of in the shadow of. Steve, right? right? This giant, um, and uh, they're just trying to, to, to I don't know, to, trying to take up that mantle of uh, what Steve represented, what Cap represented, and that's what a lot of the show I feel like is going to be about from here on out. Is how do you live in a world without Captain America after the mantle's been passed to you, and you you are expected to uh, to uphold everything that he, you know, stood for, right? Um, and we see that already, right? With um, obviously Sam being given the uh, the shield, but I, I mean, I, f- I almost feel worse for Bucky because you're talking about a guy who has just lost his oldest friend, who is more of a brother. No family, nothing. He just went through what eighty years of uh, fighting for Hydra. Came out of it only because Steve pulled him out, and then bounced around some more fighting like he mentioned and then steve is is just gone he's like what the heck do i do now and he's trying to make amends he's he's doing everything he's trying it feels like he's trying to walk in steve's footsteps of like what would steve do you know trying to make amends trying to get a life um well it feels a lot like they're they're uh you know if we're gonna if we jump to bucky like right away and start there yeah you know the the psychologist stuff that's going on feels so much like a, a kind of training, yeah. right? Like he's yeah. trying to remedy the the addiction 
that he had to right. murder as a res- I mean, and when we, right. we can say addiction because it's it's compulsive, right? Like he's mm-hmm. not in control of those actions. Right, it was compulsory because of the mind control, right? It, Which is, yeah. we get that nice little like, uh, I'm trying to read your mind yeah. sentence. He's like, please don't. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. But but that that sort of idea of making amends, it, it it's, um, there's a, a guy I used to know wrote a zine called 10,000 Things and mm-hmm. it, he was making 10,000 uh, issues of this little tiny magazine, like, 16 pages like eighth of a page folded really cool little thing and the reason he was doing it was because um he had considered suicide and the psychologist said you have to do ten thousand things right before you can kill yourself you'll never get that done so eventually you'll decide not to over the time yeah and it feels like he's got this giant list of work to do which gives him so much dramatic work Mm -hmm. you know when you think about episodic television and you think about like the incredible hulk or something like that where those shows were like the the trauma of the week that needs to be resolved. He's got seven seasons, 25 seasons of people to remedy. And it's just nice to see them taking the time and and allowing him to explore what it means to be responsible for your actions suddenly, Mm -hmm. which is like, is really good. Yeah. And, and he's still holding other people responsible for their actions. Like the, like uh, uh, Senator Atwood. Yep. Um, Right. And he's not necessarily following the rules to a T um, for this. Now the, the other person that he's trying to make amends with is the father of um, the son who he killed, I guess, years yeah. before we ever caught up with Bucky in, in, in the MCU. Um, and you realize it in the sushi uh, restaurant, right? When, when the, the that's when you realize where the connection about, yeah, is, that's right? That's where the connection is. Because um, we catch up with Bucky the first time in the show in a flashback, what we don't realize is a flashback. Slash and, dream, right? Right, slash dream, right? It's it's more of a nightmare, and I'm, want, I'm wondering how much of it is a 100 true, and how much of it is him over exaggerating certain. Right, details. we need to see that yeah. played out. Um, but he's he's making these amends, and it feels like he's, I mean, he hasn't told him yet how his son died, and I wonder if that's going to happen. It has, it feels like it has to happen at some point. Yeah, it's like Chekhov's gun. Like it's it, yeah, we, we, right. we it's sitting the on the wall, act, right? right? Yeah. It's sitting there because that's what we just did. He just set it up where, mm-hmm. and and that moment at the end where he sort of goes and doesn't tell him, right? Lets us know that we're gonna, we're, we're undoubtedly gonna see that he'll resolution. Get, he'll get there eventually. It's part of his growth, right? right? It'll likely be the last name on the list for him, or close to the last name. Or, on the list. or it's the one that opens the door to get through this list that doesn't matter sure, as right, much. Because right. this is the this is the truly innocent victim. Mm-hmm. Like you can say that the Starks are innocent, but the Starks are part of the political environment that all this is happening in. But yeah. that that kid's just some right, computer he was just, kid, right? Or whatever. He was there at the wrong place at the wrong time. At the time. wrong time, right? His yeah. father was told correctly. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't know any details because it would be something that would be covered up, right? It's right. exactly the sort of the way the story goes. Exactly. It also feels though like he's trying to to make amends without telling him by filling the void of the son, right? He's yeah. trying to fill this son role for him by spending time with him at lunch every Wednesday or something. Um, yeah. So it, it, very interesting what they're doing with Bucky. Uh, there was this great shot, you know, the first time you see him in the um, in in the therapist's office, he's sitting in front of this like tranquil wooded right. area, and there's this great like harsh line of light and darkness that separates, you know, the bottom right half to the top left, and darkness is in the top left, um, and and the light is in the bottom right, which f- feels almost like it should be the opposite, like the light should be coming from above mm-hmm. and the darkness from the bottom. But if it really, to me, I was like, this feels like this is what Bucky feels like. This He's trying to chase peace, which is what he said, right? Right. 
but you have this split that is just this divide that's uh, causing him a lot of pain from his darkness and and what he's trying to do for good. So, um, well, and I think yeah. you know if we talk about camera work for a little bit, just real quick. All the big close-ups, these oh, intimate yeah. big close-ups, mm-hmm. and it's really funny because having watched Wandavision, it's it's a completely different style and approach. Yeah, uh, we we are in these people's faces. We're in the stories. Like yeah. we're, we're we're in mm-hmm. their emotions. It's so much intimacy for big superhero, right? Which we can talk about that later on too, I guess. What did you think of uh, the opening scene with with Sam uh, flying? Yeah, you Either. know, what my first response, and actually this lasted a little while through the beginning of it, was this feels like a Marvel movie. Like mm-hmm. this feels completely like yeah a, a film from the sort of traditional Marvel approach where we have a big broad opening with some powerful heroic act. And I thought the action was good. I mean, you know, um, I loved the intense use of Red Wing, which I think is underused, like being a big Falcon fan and and knowing that that's actually supposed to be really a bird. Um, (laughs) Like it originally is a Falcon, right? Yeah. And like he has a, like he has a, like a, like a, sidekick bird yeah, that falls around. It's, it's, yeah. yeah i loved it i mean as, as a yeah as a kid like the the falcon and and red wing were my were okay my cool thing. Yeah. i mean it it is like a pet to him right like when he, we first get introduced to red wing and yeah. winter soldier yeah exactly uh, or civil war i don't remember which one it is um civil war maybe yeah he like defends this bird yeah to, yeah so. And, and so so and red wing's a weird thing right because it's it's like a completely in the comics, you know, like it's a real bird, so it's really at risk. <laughs> yeah, you understand oh, what I mean? Right, right. Like when it you're thinking die. about it, it's the Hedwig of uh, Harry Potter, yeah, right? Every, yeah. Everyone else is wearing armor or like thick leather right. or whatever, and there's a bird flying around, right. right? That could get shot down at any time. And you know, in superhero world, like there's a lot of things that could hit it. But um, I love that Red Wing was used actively. I thought yeah. that that whole chase was really interesting. I like how they used the air flight stuff and they let him be a hero. I was worried mm-hmm. they were going to make him screw up and we're going to start from the fall. Right. I love that they didn't because then his decision to give up that shield is about something else. Yeah. And it's about his own self-worth, not the worth of the way other people see him. Mm. And, you know, we that is his arc, right? His arc is going to be about the, the conversation about what that mantle means mm-hmm. and as and i thought like so I'm, and that's why i'm saying to go straight through so you the yeah. action scene was great right it was yeah it was it, it digitally it worked for the most part like mm-hmm. it felt really good mm-hmm. and then we go to him passing off that shield yeah and as he's doing that action there is another black superhero in the audience watching him right and we get to let, and Marvel just steps up and says, we're going to let these black men have a conversation about sort of what it means to be them in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could have been anyone else, right? It was another sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. Another black man sidekick who now is in the same position to right. take on the mantle of this other white hero. And the issue of race is present in the story. Yeah. And without it becoming this hammer that makes it something that's that pulls us away from the core big ideas mm-hmm. about what it means to be honorable and what it means to be i mean for goodness sake to be american yeah you know uh and uh you know you can feel the echo of the trump era in the background of all the writing right right, right. yeah no doubt i um there was something you know it didn't it didn't really hit me as hard as it uh i watched this twice right well yeah i watched this my second watch was with you tonight mm-hmm. um and uh, I didn't catch how 
much how, how important this line was in the show but when he goes down to louisiana to see his family his sister says uncle sam right uncle sam right and like salutes him and that didn't have significance to me the first time i watched it but the second time i watched it it's you can see there's a clear difference when he's in louisiana and how he's treated by people there right like there's almost this fame that is like yep. surrounding him uh and he gets he's a little arrogant or a little cocky with it like right, he he's certainly it. aware of it right yeah yeah he almost likes it um but the uncle sam line really made me feel like you know everybody else believes in him except for him right like he's the only person who doesn't truly believe in that he's the guy that he's the guy right right like mm -hmm. when someone calls you uncle sam like you you are you're i mean you're practically captain america she's calling point. you you're, the america guy yeah right. she's calling you the guy so it's just there was just this line that didn't hit me the first time and, and really hit me the second time um but again one of those things like that whole that whole section with family would have completely been skipped over if it was another Captain America movie, right? Like you wouldn't have gotten any unless it was like Falcon's Captain America movie, right? right but but it still long. would have been cut because it's so much time. They spent mm -hmm. so much time. They would have just made a decision about the boat and been done with it. Right. There would have been no loan chasing or right, anything like right. that. Right. And and like certainly that. not all of the detail of the other members of the family around and making yeah. the food and you know those the two boys which is really lovely like yeah. th those little touches t had space which they mm -hmm. could never have had in a full film yeah you get room to to do all of that when you mm -hmm. have a tv series and that you know his sister-in-law which i think is great how we that we sort of we don't know the relationship completely and we find out that it's about loss again so like all these people who've lost someone right they've lost the, the boys have lost a father she's lost a husband mm -hmm. they've lost cap and you know whatever it's like all of this loss present which, which leads us out of like WandaVision, right? Dealing with yeah. loss differently. Um, it, yeah. It, it, she got so much space. She had so much time to talk about who she was. Yeah. And again, it's this wonderful thing to be able to see these black actors like get screen time and be able to talk about their lives, especially what it means to struggle with family heredity and poverty. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I thought it was really lovely. Well, yeah. Yeah. And you get, um, we're, we're getting more of a glimpse into what life was like for the people in the MCU after the blip right. returned, right? After the people returned. Uh, how does that affect you? Uh, how does that affect the economy? How does that affect mm -hmm. jobs? How does that affect everything? Because uh, there was a drastic change when people left. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're bringing all of those people back. Right, half of the people. Yeah, billions, billions of people are coming back. And they don't have any, they don't have any work or income from right. the last five years. They don't mm -hmm. exist. So how do you have income if you don't exist was the question that was asked, right? So all these things that I just, you don't think about when they're in the middle of fighting Thanos and Endgame because it's not important in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, a few months down the road, it is important and not just important for the random, you know, normal people who are living life day in and day out, but it's important for the heroes as well who were yeah. blipped. Well, and they do that lovely bit about, you know, how does a superhero get paid? He's yeah, like, and and th that conversation's never had, and it's good to just put it out there, especially because this is a guy who he's been at the top of the game, right? He's an Avenger, he's right. a full player, and yet yeah. still has no real financial sway, right? 
uh, and they're, they're, again, it's just talking about these big issues about what it means to be an American and what it means to be yeah. a, you know, a member of a society. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm glad they were answering that question. The other question that they answered, to go back to Bucky real quick, yeah, sure. is that they, um, they mentioned that he has gotten a pardon, like a, a right. pardon from the U.S., right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was the U.S. and not... Maybe it is the a, a worldly pardon of some a United Nations pardon for, of it something. Feels who who knows? Though. Yeah, it does. Um, so he has gotten a pardon. So they've answered like that question of how has how has he answered for his crimes? So he's only answering for his crimes from a personal standpoint and not from like a larger government right. standpoint, right? Um, and that motivates it correctly for he, the right, drama, right? It's right. He's not doing it because he has to. He's doing it because he feels like he should. Right. He feels like he wants to. Um, Okay, so there were a few things here that I wanted to ask you about. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Flag Smashers because yeah. you seem to know who they were, being the comic book guy. So Flag Smasher, Flag Smasher is a, yeah. Well, like, well they I, were an organization, right, in this TV show. But in the com- but in the comic, it's one original I person. I I'm not sure where we're going to be okay. as we move forward, right? Sure. Like it, this. So this the Flag Smashers here is one of those red flags for me that I'm worried about. To mm-hmm. be honest, but Flag Smasher is a traditional antagonist of Captain America, like old school yeah. antagonist. Has been in the Marvel universe for a while. Has, has fought a pile of other, like the comics that I would read. Mm-hmm. Many of them, Flag Smasher appeared. So like Moon Knight, which is sure. strange, like even disconnected. Uh, Flag Smasher appears, and it, it's just an anti. I mean, it's a destroyer of the flag, destroyer yeah. of America it's, figure. It, in in a in an opposite sense of like what Red Skull was for nationalism, it sounds like Flag Smasher is like anti patriotism. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. And what my and what I want to say about that is that there there's so in the comics, we you know the antagonist that that figure is uh, it doesn't always hold the same weight as when we start to put him on the screen and we make him mm-hmm. with a group and suddenly. Is he a terrorist group, and what's his terrorist agenda? Right. And then we have to—I have to worry because if we start, if we start becoming casual about that, we fall into the thing that makes me mad about the uh, Dark Knight Rises, sure. and that makes me mad about right. this idea of taking people who are speaking language about the need to overturn a corrupt system, and saying that people who want to overturn a corrupt system are not patriots, and that is really problematic for me. Uh-huh. So you know, I always have a problem with. And, and it's happening over and over these days in uh, in film as we see these people who are sort of questioning the values of capitalism turned into the enemies and belittling the idea of questioning whether or not that hierarchical structure right. is okay. And I like superheroes, and I don't like when they get labeled with the fascist label, as they often do, but right. those kind of acts do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on uh, Falcon needs to be on, and so does Bucky ultimately, neither of them are people from the upper class. They need to be on the other side of that conversation. So I need Flag Smasher to have something more going on than yeah. than it just being anti-patriotism. He has to, there has to be a moral problem for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, but I think that's really interesting. And I, I, what I got excited about, and I get excited about this all the time, is as the Marvel Universe continues to grow, it continues to feel more like a comic book industry than it feels like a series of films right. or series of stories. Right. And so feeling these characters that I know are significant in the long haul, but mm-hmm. insignificant in any real way to the, uh, the big stories, right. including them means they're taking the time to 
pull in antagonists who they can use and lose, mm-hmm. um, but also who have resonance, right? Right. They have, so you can go back and you can read comics about Flag Smasher and you can learn more. Well, even even like. the opening uh, antagonist is is Batrock the Leaper, right? Right. Who is in uh, the beginning of Winter Soldier, I think, uh, on the boat. He fights with Cap, right. and then uh, you know he's in this like. Like I probably never thought he was going to get and, a callback. And that's what this. comic books do. Right. Comic books are about having disposable villains and crucial villains. Uh-huh. And it's good to see them using that technique because it's how you can re- restrain or continue the drama. I love mm-hmm. the costume. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I thought the Flag Smasher mask and glove. And yeah. I thought all of that looked slick. The idea of the anonymity around him mm-hmm. was interesting. But again, that's where my red flag goes up. So we'll see where that plays yeah. out. So, I mean, in, in the conversation that... Uh, Torres had with mm-hmm. with Falcon at the end. He he says something. He says you don't think he could be uh and he stops his sentence. Yeah. I don't know what he's referencing. I don't know who he's who he is potentially referencing. Um do you have any idea any guesses I don't. What, my, yeah. my, I mean I'm always thinking they have to be continually fearful that Hydra's going to return. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what it could certainly be. Mm. Um I think we might be there might be scroll conversation sure. somewhere buried under all this, right? Because we know we're setting up the secret wars and that could certainly be some allusion to that. Although that seems less likely because this feels very grounded in traditional superhero, not mm-hmm. that cosmic stuff. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what else it, yeah. it could be, but, um, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think that that character with Torres is that his name. Yeah, I think that's a great character to include. Mm-hmm. I just think it was, yeah, a smart character. Yeah, really, just a really interesting. You is this a sidekick for? And he didn't get to really, die, right? Yeah, he, yeah. he could have yeah. been dead there, and then it could have all been about a right, which shows some, which shows something about who who uh, Flag Smasher is, right? right? Could have just killed him. Yeah, and he doesn't. It's interesting. Yeah. Whatever's going on there is interesting. I think we I think we're going to see some pieces come together. Yeah. over time. So, uh, second character that popped up at the end, you have a new Captain America Ooh, who yeah. is. Uh, U.S. agent or jo- or John Walker. It's actually uh, Kurt Russell's son. Um, Looks like Kurt Wyatt Russell's Russell. Son. It is. It's was Wyatt Ru- played by Wyatt Russell, uh, Kurt Russell's son, and uh, yeah. So the, his character is U.S. agent or uh, right. John Walker, mm-hmm. right? And he's he, he has a lot of comic book. Right? He, he's in comic books, right? Yep, so absolutely. Um, does he have a long like? I don't know history with Avengers and with all with all that crew so there. The, or? the the deal is we we need to know that like there are comic figures who are the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. And there's comic guys who are 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 uh, some that that are the tools of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. He is a it, for me is a tool, a tool of storytelling. Yeah. So he is an antithesis to some great extent of Captain America's. Uh, ideology and vision mm-hmm. right so like what captain what uh, i mean the arc of captain america in the comics is complex but he is constantly i mean you have to remember captain america returns not in the 1990s not in the 2000s but he returns in the early 1960s in the comics mm. so he appears in comic books just as america goes into its most uh revolutionary period of social Right. Uh, and, and Captain America rides that wave, mm-hmm. has to deal with being the patriot and then ride through what is Vietnam, what is the 70s, what, is the, what are the 80s, and you know the era with Reagan and questions about drugs. And Captain America begins to question what patriotism means. Right. And so you get characters 
um, like U.S. agent who become the 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 soulless antithesis of what is Cap, because Cap's constantly in a struggle with his own sense of because he yeah. may be a patriot to America, but he's a patriot to the ideal of America, mm-hmm. not to its manifest governments. Right. But U.S. agent is an agent of the U.S. government, government. and right. that distinction becomes part of the the conversation he's a foil for cap to help him to help him to have a conversation about yeah and live through those questions because cap puts down the mantle of captain america right becomes nomad like a man with no country mm. because of his questions about what america's doing like right those, and and which cap had right. during his his time in the mcu exactly right? so they, they've danced with all that but mm-hmm. they can't go into the de- it takes years to, to do, do that, that yeah but we can have the same conversation about the ideals because now Sam has to make a decision about what his ideals are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. US agent is that antithesis. Right. So out. we're going to be able to see this this is going to be Sam saying the US has appointed this guy as the replacement. But I don't believe what this guy believes. I believe he he's finding he's going to find that he sides more with what Cap believes, right? And, and, and we're going to be able to see him realize Maybe I am more fit for this than I originally well, thought well, I was. Because what the mantle is isn't about the thing that the government thinks it is. Right. It's about the thing that, and it's what happens, right? Like Captain America is created by a woman, a British woman, mm-hmm. and a German, German scientist, scientist right. and an American uh, scientist. Like mm-hmm. it's this thing about it being about an ideal. And there's that, all those, I mean, I still think, you know, as much as people will disagree, I think that first cap is like in the top Marvel films that exists because mm-hmm. it is truly based in an ideology. And that ideology is it's important to be the little, like the little guy with the heart matters. Right. And, and, and that's what America can be. America can't be the dominant giant. It has to be this other thing. And so the marginalized need to be recognized mm-hmm. and, and not to, and, 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 and so cap is cap symbolizes that for us. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's why it's so important that it's that multicolored group of people he rescues in that first film. Right. And so, you know, now we have this other guy who stepped into this position of authority who believes in the system, not in the ideal. Yeah. But, and, and the important, like, I, I, I mean, I'm getting lost, but the important <laughs> thing here for me is that Sam gives up that shield and they say it's the right choice right? because yeah. that American system cannot acknowledge that black man having power and it is so mm-hmm. good to let them play that out so subtly yeah. so that he gives up that shield and his friend calls him on it, mm-hmm. right? And he, he gives up that shield and then he sees it in the hands of someone else and in the last scene, which is so beautifully played out and... You know, his sister-in-law, who's been up his ass the whole time, yeah. is on is suddenly with him because she knows what this knows really what means. means. Yeah. And now suddenly he's in a position of saying, wait, I've had the nation stolen from me. I've had the idea of America stolen from me. That's the question of black Americans last summer. Also, it's Black Lives Matter. It's the whole mm-hmm. thing right. wrapped up in a couple of moments. Right. That's bold storytelling. Yeah. Um, because it's subtle and some people would want that to be a sledgehammer mm-hmm. but good drama as a sledgehammer never works right if we if they if they sustain this idea 
till he has to make a decision, we we get a story that's going to be one big action-packed story that has real meaning behind it. So I, I just can't stress enough how much I thought that was important, and that's why U.S. Agent is there. So not a bad guy, but a bad guy. Yes. Right. 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 Not your not your hero that you would typically be rooting for in the because he's a because the ideology right, right right like you know and there are superheroes <laughs> who are bad guys yeah um it's it's and it's that you know it's like wolverine is actually a good guy he looks like a bad guy but there are other members of x-men who are just bad guys but yeah. they're good superheroes right and that can be they can be both so let's just jump back to bucky real quick because i i at least yeah. want to give him some of the same kind of time because he's going to have to go on this same journey Right. that Sam's going on in some way. Like they're going to bring them together at some point, right? They're Right, they're right now they feel parallel. They're going to bring them together. What do you think about his date? Uh I mean I thought it was I thought it was charming. I was happy for him. I feel really bad for her cuz he just like straight up walked out. <laughs> really? Seriously. <laughs> like really just got up in the middle of a battleship and just left. Um But yeah, I I mean I thought the date was I thought the date was a different side of Bucky that we didn't really get to see. And he's fighting the urge to open up, which is what his therapist said that he needs to do. Right. right. He needs to open up and he needs to trust people. And you can see he's not trusting, right? Because he still has the gloves off. He hasn't told her. I don't think anybody who has seen him knows who he is other than uh, the, his therapist. Right. right. Like this is the only person who knows who he is. And he keeps lying about his, uh, you know, just who he is in subtle ways not in like direct ways in direct ways he's like i'm 106 years old right and he'll tell you flat out but because he knows he'll he'll think it's a joke that's right um and he's really and he's really not joking but uh yeah i i like the date i like that they put him on a date um there i wish there was uh two it felt like the date only happened to trigger him to go right talk to and, uh yuri and we need to hope that that continues right so there's yeah the a, girl there's, needs to come back up right she needs yeah. to she needs to be present because the therapist thought about like he's got to find friends mm -hmm. we need that's a that's a connection right yes um, yeah yeah and she, you know the well and the therapist even said uh you know she said to him someday you're gonna have to open up and learn that you can trust someone right and like the very clear and obvious answer is that well, Sam is going to be that person and he's ignoring Sam's calls and he's not trusting Sam 100%. Um, and in the trailer, we see them bickering a little bit. So I'm, I'm assuming that that is part of the journey that they're going to go on. Um, I don't remember if in Civil War when they were fighting uh, Spider-Man in the... Uh, well, no, I guess they were fighting for... Uh, was Falcon on... Falcon was on... Uh, they were on the same side, yeah. right? So yeah. I have a hard time keeping track of whose side everybody's on. Yeah, they were they were right, still bickering they, though in well, the because they get on each other's nerves they each other's and they're nerves, both yeah. vying for Cap's attention. Like right. they're both the potentially right. slighted girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that's what that's the thing about their relationship, at least at that yeah. point. And right? so the bickering is charming. It's almost like what brothers do or what siblings will right. do. Uh, but I think you know, I think we're going to see that trust come for them. But I think the trust goes beyond just Bucky and Sam's trust, but Bucky opening up to. Uh, the people he needs to make amends to and to people that he needs to just grow close to because he needs to live a normal life. Right. Uh, and so I think that whether or not this girl is going to work out for him, I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully it does. But I mean, he just needs to start opening up to people because it's not like being the winter soldier is something that is, um, you know, terrible for people to know. <laughs> you know, everybody knows who Iron Man was. Everybody knows who Cap was. Everybody knows who right. all of these people are. He's the only one who's trying to hide his identity here. Right. 
um, which is very strange because all he does to do that is just wear a baseball cap or cut his cut and, his hair. And yeah, and he wears the, yeah. the gloves. And some gloves. And they do make his dexterity limited because he was not good yeah. at drinking or at uh, the act of playing Battleship. Like yeah, he, he was, was struggling with he those was struggling. little things. Yeah, but he can still drink. He can drink a lot, like no. she said, right? And we That's get a right. call back to, um, I think it was Cap who could drink a crap ton of beer and just never feel anything, right? right? I think that was an Ultron. Um, both both super serum guys, right? So, yeah, or Captain America movie. I don't really know. Yeah, but. Steph has decided to speak finally and yeah. be all the way. My across wife is the room. across the room speaking. You can't. She was hear sitting her. close to us when she could, didn't speak. <laughs> she moved away. I I want to say there was you, you triggered something in me there, and I, I want to jump to the big idea I wanted to mm -hmm. talk about. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that you know when we talk about this woman, he needs to open up to. I think that's great, and this idea of the. The bickering brothers is really interesting because I think the other thing we're seeing all through this is this wonderful Marvel sense of family. Mm -hmm. And there's all of these conversations about what it means to be part of a family here. And these are all people who've lost major members of their family. And they're yeah. talking to, you know, we're watching our extended family in relationship and we're getting additional members of that and we learn those dynamics and i and i think that's an important part of what is this extended storytelling is giving us the opportunity mm -hmm. to do yeah that we can not just talk about this idea of patriotism because that would that's captain america the first captain america ends up being that right, conversation right. right like what does it mean to be a hero and whatever you know the, the first avenger here we're getting several themes that run through it and over and over again we were confronted with these family groups and how they work and whether it's you know father who's lost his son with bucky stepping in as sort of like a replacement son yeah um as who speaks japanese right 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 or if it's uh falcon who is being replacement father in a way right yeah and this broken trying to get that boat to start that he can't get the start yeah can't fix that stuff he, he can hardly fix red wing because it's being screwed up by the government which i thought was like a great metaphorical moment like the government screw up my thing if i could just fix it on my own it'd be fine right right and he speaks <laughs> arabic like yeah. there's this sense of these guys being worldly and broad and engaged and yet really committed to people that that scene eating sushi with the uh the really good sake like tiku's a really good sake um was i thought that was that's kind of family imagery we need to see and we mm -hmm. would just lose that it could yeah. never take space no in a in a full length so many film. of these scenes would just uh, immediately be cut or you'd end up with like a six hour long marvel film you know or, or a four hour long justice league potentially right um right <laughs> but uh but that won't have this character development either probably the, and we'll be talking about that soon yeah, enough that's soon so um but yeah that's that's one of the things i noticed and so i like seeing the i think seeing the conversation about family yeah. and what it means to be family present um it's a it's a constant in the marvel universe a cinematic universe and i'm glad they're continuing that um, this does feel like a regular Marvel movie. And in a way, it's almost like a palate cleanser. Not mm -hmm. to say there's anything wrong with the flavor of WandaVision. Mm -hmm. But I wish WandaVision hadn't decided to end its series with a big Marvel fight. Right, And it right. found a different way out of that. Yeah. So that this could truly be its own beast. And this first fight didn't feel, almost, in a way like an echo of another fight instead of it being its own because we've mm -hmm. just seen a big air fight right mm -hmm. and, right and this would have been more impactful yeah. without without we could just two witches rid of that. stuff at each other in the air um and yeah. we didn't need that in that yeah. way that could have been done differently and cleaner 
uh, and I anticipate there were some other thoughts there that didn't end up happening. Like I know that there were reshoots mm -hmm. that they didn't get to do because of COVID or whatever. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, so so that's all. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of family. No, that's good. I love, it's good I love to it. see that. And I want to see where that proceeds. What, do you have any guesses for the future of this thing before we go anywhere? No. Oh, I, oh, I know what it was. Oh, yes. Zemo's talk. in the book. I was... I was just going to bring him up like that. I, all I know is that Zemo comes back. And he's in the book. He was in on the left-hand page of that book when he looked down at of, of people he had to settle with score with. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's the only thing I know. It's, it's, uh, I, it's, I can't guess as to what else is going to happen. Um, I'm excited he's going to put on his real costume. Zemo? Yeah. Mm. I don't know anything about Zemo. Good. So yeah, I can't wait till you see his costume or at least his mask. Now I'm really intrigued. It's so good. It's so it's such a it's like a it's one of those things that in a comic book you don't ever have to think about how it translates in the real life. Mm -hmm. So you you draw this thing that like maybe it would work, but houses and they're gonna actually do it. So like so like wait. like Ashoka, like Ashoka, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Steph, if you could walk anywhere near us, it'd be good. So yeah, so it's what you're saying is how they drew it in the comics, it'll just fit perfectly into no, in, when they drew in the comics no one considered that it needed to be a three-dimensional thing in the real world they oh, were oh, no responsible see, for that yeah, yeah so they drew something that potentially may never actually function in a gravity driven <laughs> three-dimensional world okay. you get what i mean like yeah, it, it works yeah, yeah. in the comics because it's a comic book thing um but it'll be problematic if you took that and put it into a physical and world. somehow they did it and i think that's great like a, a shoka like yeah, yeah, yeah. you Right, right. When, when we right. see that manifest in The Mandalorian, we cheer. Yeah. Because it seemed impossible. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you get her headpiece to work and her makeup and, not feel and all stupid. of this stuff? Right. And it looks great. And I'm I'm still really excited about that scene. Um, oh, there's gonna be more. Oh, I'm too. very excited. Um, oh. she's apparently in at least one more of the series before her own. Oh, thank God. So I'm good. excited for her own series. I agree. Anyway, we've just drifted all the way to Star yeah, Wars. Right. Thank you, Steph. Let's back up. Um, Let's wrap this up. We'll yeah, anything, do you have anything else to add? Because I feel like we've we've talked about everything other than the speculation of what might happen. And I think only with one episode out there, I can't really guess to you know all that much stuff other than seeing a lot more of Flag Smasher revealed. Yeah, and I think we're going to see a lot more of U.S. Agent and what yeah. what mm -hmm. how that contrasts to sam and we're gonna have to see how sam and uh bucky get together and ultimately what their jobs are in relationship to u.s agent like there's mm -hmm. gonna have to be this play around what it means to be cap right and or what it means to be captain america or whatever you want to say about that and as yeah. we watch that move forward those contrasts are going to be exciting to sort of see flow together and i yeah. hope that they give them the same amount of time they gave all these characters in this episode. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. Uh, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast so that you can stay updated when we release new episodes. We will be uh, talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, every, every week, uh, whether that is through a traditional podcast like this, or you can follow us on stereo we have uh, linked those profiles to the description of this episode so you can follow us on stereo where we may be having some live conversations about this you'll be able to tune in and uh join the conversation yeah you live. can actually join us there you can post comments back to us and then we'll probably post them on this feed so yeah you get a double whammy you get to exactly. talk to us there and then you get your voice out in the podcast as well yeah other than that please share this 
podcast with a friend uh, who likes Marvel and uh, who likes movies in general. And uh, anything else to add, John? Just that you can also listen to us talk about movies all the time. That's so true. if you've somehow found us because of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we talk about films all the time. We have a Witcher Watch series too. Uh, so uh, yep. tune in, check us out. Uh, and uh, so what, rackingfocuspodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. The rest of the links are in the description and uh, we hope to, to see you on the next episode yeah. or have you listened to us on the next episode? Whatever, we're going to go. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.